This is the Influence Leadership Podcast, Episode 35. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller, where our heart is to develop leaders like you and help you increase your individual influence and your leadership skill set. My name is Brett Duncan. I am here today with Chris Fuller. Hello, Chris. Hey, Brett. How are you today? I'm good. It, you know, it's a, one of those busy days and uh, having lots of amazing things going on, but in the midst of a lot of that amazement, um, is a lot of activity. So uh, welcome to the podcast. What you don't see is uh, the duck feet below the water <laughs> swimming rapidly. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when we look good, right? That's when it like the appearances show, hey, man, they've got it under control and uh, under the surface. <laughs> it's uh, We're paddling away. But, uh, you know, it's uh, every once in a while, it, it doesn't work out that way. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. I, I like the title of this episode. We're going to talk about when you are asleep at the wheel and face down in the snow. Right. So if that doesn't doesn't reel you in, uh, I don't know what will. But um, we're we're recording this here on March the 10th. And news just came out from the Iditarod race, I think, in the last 24 hours about a pretty interesting story. Right, Chris? Yeah. So a a team of dogs um, comes trotting into the Ruby checkpoint. Um, with no musher on the back end of the sled. So it was um, sort of inquisitive, obviously. When you see a team of dogs coming in, you expect to see their owner musher uh, along with them. And they came in all by themselves, trotting in, looking looking kind of happy. Um, of course, they were pulling a lot less load, um, and that's because the uh, musher, one uh, Linwood Fiedler, um, fell asleep on the run and uh, – face planted in the snow and fell off and actually maintained sleeping. And so when he woke up, the team was gone and he had to um, walk the rest of the way to that checkpoint. Wow. (laughs) So hence the asleep at the wheel and face down in the snow, right? I mean, asleep at the wheel and face down in the snow. Now I have been face down in the snow when I was learning to mush, uh, but I, I did not fall asleep at the wheel um, not that I'm sitting here trying to pound my chest that I was any better. I actually flipped my sled. Um, his was sheer exhaustion from the first uh, part of the run of the race, and so uh, maybe he has a maybe he has a little bit more pride in falling off. But uh, uh, you know that uh, when you're doing 1,100 miles, uh, this one because of the uh, because of the move of the start to Fairbanks is a little bit shorter. It's like 980, 970, something like that on the mileage. But when you're running as much as they're running and doing that, um, exhaustion's going to set in, and there's no way around it when you're exhausted as a leader, when you're exhausted as a person. That's the the the, the, the perfect time, a perfect storm's going to hit, and you're going to end up uh, making some level of a mistake. For him, it was uh, nodding off, dozing off, and uh, gone. Yeah, and it, it's fascinating, and it, it, it certainly uh... – stays true to really a lot of your lessons because, you know, obviously your book, Iditarod Leadership, really takes so many different components of the Iditarod race and training for that as a musher and the dogs themselves. And there's so many leadership lessons from it. But this one didn't make the book, right, because it's fresh, but it's uh, it's still a great lesson nonetheless. And it's uh, I'm sitting here looking at Mr. Linwood Fiedler. It looks like he has been mushing <laughs> since 1977. So it's not like this was new to him. He's in his 60s. 
He's been there and he's done it. And it appears as though he's well respected in the community. Um, but, you know, here he is. It happens to the best of us. Right. And that's why we need to learn how to deal with it when it happens to us as leaders. Yeah. So, you know, it, I mean, it's this isn't just for rookies. I mean, even seasoned veterans, we're going to at times we're going to make a mistake and um, and and we're going to have to recover from that mistake. And so. You know, one of the one of the pieces that when if we're focusing on maturity, right? We're we're coming in. Uh, we're not, you know, what are we a couple of weeks away from the close of Q1 yeah. of 2017, and so it's a great time to try to take a checkpoint and just say, hey, how have has the first quarter gone, and is it going according to plan? And and the maturity aspect of it essentially says, you know, there's likely times where we're going to be right on track according to plan, and there's going to be times where we become a little bit discouraged and we have not hit the numbers. And maturity says there's going to be this ebb and flow. We realize that success is a process, and when we face plant in the snow, when we lose control of our team, what do we do to recover so that the rest of the race, I mean, you know, um, some people would have stayed in the snow. Some people would have given up and just kind of left the team and walked off and, and done something. But uh, um, he actually walked the rest of the way to the checkpoint. And when you're in the dark and you're walking like that in the wilderness of uh, Alaska, for example, um, he had mentioned that he's constantly looking for wolf tracks or moose tracks that would ultimately um, be a, a much greater threat. But Caught back up to the team, got warm, and uh, happy to say that he is out of the Ruby checkpoint and into the next checkpoint, which is Galena. And uh, although uh, he was, uh, you know, he had dropped a couple of dogs um, uh, from uh, Tanana, um, he still kept the 14 dogs headed towards Galena. Wow. And it's, it'll be interesting to see kind of what he does from this point forward, right? Which is really what we're talking about. It's what is... You know, when you blow it, when you are face down in the snow, when you don't meet your own expectations or the expectations of others, when you let somebody down, how do you recover? And that's really what we want to walk through today is kind of the recovery process as a leader. How do you do that? And you've already alluded really to the first point, and, and that has to do with checkpoints, right? I mean, there's just, you know, the, the first step is just get to that next checkpoint. And what do you do once you get there, Chris? <laughs> Yeah, it cracked me up that the the dogs got to that checkpoint even without the leader, and I think that's a leadership lesson: is how often could our team achieve the results even if we weren't around? Mm. Yeah, and uh, I can tell you, I've been on a few teams. I don't know about you, Brent, but I've been on a few teams where we achieve the results in spite of the leader tagging along, as opposed to because of the leader tagging along. Yeah, and and I've definitely been part of those teams, and you know, on the one hand, you wonder. And we don't know in this in in poor Linwood's specific uh, situation, I will certainly give him the benefit of the doubt. But when we think about it in our own lives and working with teams, you know, sometimes that might be the case because they're better off maybe without the leader. And that's not saying good things about the leader. <laughs> but sometimes it might be because the leader has done such a great job of empowering and equipping them that, you know, it truly is. Uh, it, it's almost a testimony to the leader. Right. It is, that they got to the next checkpoint, right? I mean, that's the key piece. Now, could this team continue to lead itself the rest of the 700 miles to, to Nome? Uh, no way. Yeah. But to get to that next checkpoint, to be able to help you know, recover and get to that next key performance indicator, that next um, goal component, 
yeah, the, the team was able to do that. Again, the leader's going to need to be there to be the strategic piece from, from here forward, but, uh, but the team can normally get to at least the next metric or measurement, um, sometimes without the leader. Yeah. So if you're a leader and you're in this situation, you've fallen short, you need to recover, um, you know, definitely just stay pointed toward that next checkpoint, right? And we've talked about checkpoints before. I think we did a whole episode on it a while back. But Chris, yeah, remind us, I mean, what's the significance of a checkpoint? What do we need to do at a checkpoint? Well, a checkpoint is a time where you're able to to refocus. Um, that's a key piece. I think you have to reevaluate or evaluate the, the run between checkpoint to checkpoint. So we stop, we evaluate, uh, we refocus, recenter, recharge, refill, refuel, re-engage. I mean, all the re's um, are, are uh, important to, for that checkpoint. But at some point, essentially, you have to look at that run. You have to look at where you are and there has to be these progress markers, and the progress markers are a great time to take stock in what you've been doing, and and I think it's a great quarterly event. So I want to encourage everybody. You know, we're coming up on the end of Q1. Stop and and make the end of Q1 a checkpoint. What went right? What went wrong? What needs more time? Am I working the right strategy? But it's going to take time for it to play out. How's the health and the energy and the um, vibrancy of the team? Do I need to make some process changes or do I need to make some people changes? And so in the midst of that, that, that aspect of a checkpoint is just a great time to say, here's what I planned for the first 90 days. Now, what actually happened for the first 90 days? So it's plan versus actual, and then we become very adaptive in that and, uh, and get ready for that next run. Yeah, I love that. And again, the timing is perfect. And, you know, I don't want to keep us kind of in this negative state of mind because that's really we're, we're, we're going to show you how to not stay there. But let's assume, <laughs> right, for this specific example, let's assume, hey, it's the end of the quarter and we had goals, we had expectations. And however we define those, we're, we fall short. OK, so you're going through the, the, evalu- the reevaluation, the refocus, everything that you just talked about recharging. What's a methodical way, Chris, to work through that? I mean, you're working through lots of different things going on at once, especially when failure failure of some kind is, is associated with that. So how do we do that in a mature and methodical way? Yeah, so again, in keeping with the theme of the year maturity, I mean, you know, disappointment, um, dissatisfaction, lack of results. I mean, we're going to hit those times. And so we need to have a process in place to be able to recover during those times where we don't quite hit it. And so I think you have to work through the analytics of the failure. I think from, from one standpoint, we need to see failure as a learning mechanism and not failure as a personal accusation. Um, maybe we've, we did fail, but it, it's at least going to teach us something. So how do we get failure into a teachable moment instead of a personal accusation? And I think that that's such a key piece. You know, the, the, the starkest example that I teach in, in our leadership workshops around Iditarod leadership is a, a story of a guy named John Baker who in, in 2010 was set to win the race and really was doing fantastic, had one of the most amazing teams that year. And, uh, and, and between checkpoints, what happened is he actually didn't, uh, the, the, some wind had blown some of the markers out and he was completely unsure whether he was on the right trail or not. So... Uh, you know, what do you do when you're in that case and you're you're sitting here wondering if you're on or off track? 
And one of the things that he did is he just decided to take a couple of minutes and get his bearings and see if he could uh, reorient himself to where he was. And he thought another musher was going to be right behind him. And what he didn't know is he had a five-and-a-half-hour lead on the rest of the entire 70 other mushers. Wow. Five-and-a-half. He had almost halfway through the race essentially already had the race wrapped up. And so as he stopped and thought, any moment now another musher is going to catch up or I'm going to get more clarity, and he waited too long. So stopping and reevaluating and recentering is one point you can do that. But what I want to encourage you to do is to not stay too long in that navel gazing or that reevaluative stage. You can't get you you need to analyze, but you can't get what we call the paralysis of analysis. You probably heard that term. Yeah. And uh, and so when he pulled into that next checkpoint after he finally found out he was on the right road, um, uh, Brett, after hours of running, he was only 15 minutes from warmth and safety. Oh my goodness! And had no idea. Had no idea, and he let his team sit. He didn't have any straw or anything for the team to sit on, so the dog sat on the snow, and the temperature plummeted to 50 below zero. Wow. And so there wasn't much food. He didn't have much food on the sled, and so the dogs were hungry. Their muscles were tightening up. He was exhausted. He lost focus, and so, um, you know, how, how about us? I mean, how bad would we have beaten ourselves up if that would have been us? If we were John Baker in 2010 between those two checkpoints, by the time he got to the cripple checkpoint, um, I'm sure that there was some pretty good baggage, mental baggage going on um, where he was beating himself up about the mistakes that he had just made. Yeah. Well, and that's such an important part too, right, is really getting a handle on this kind of psychological or emotional component of – especially again, when we, when we let ourselves down and when we fall short. So, you know, that's why I kind of love your thought of, Hey, get, get what you can out of the analytics, figure out, Hey, why did we fail just on paper, black and white, but then also, you know, what are those steps? How can we actually get a handle on the emotions that come up? Because those emotions can really draw you off sides during this process. Man, can they in a hurry. And, and, and the piece is that we really are emotional beings, and the, and the mind is a beautiful thing. The mind is meant to solve. And so what happens is if we get caught up into the emotions of the situation, our brain is going to continue to loop on that math equation of what went right, what went wrong. And then we're going to sit there and loop on that, and, and that's just going to vortex us. It's going to put us into a pit in a hurry. So what we have to do is we have to, and, and here's the secret sauce to it that I try to get everybody to look at. Oh, good. I, I want you to externalize the failure and internalize the successes. Hmm. So when again. you externalize the failure, one of the things that he could do, if I am, and, and I haven't uh, analyzed the full situation with Linwood. I'll have to dig into it in a little bit. But, but one of the things could be, you know what, um, leading up to the race, because the start of the race had moved hundreds of miles from Willow, Alaska, which, by the way, is where Linwood lives, <laughs> so he would have been starting in his own bed the night before and then walking, you know, getting his team over. So he would have been on home field advantage, yeah. and instead he's hundreds of miles away starting the race. So, you know, goodness knows what happened to his sleep habits before um, the, the race and the movement of the race, but 
ultimately he's going to have to dissect how could I have rested myself better for the sake of the team and what was going on. So you externalize all of those components that caused you to make that misstep, um, that mistake, and then anytime that you bank that win, you've got to internalize that win. So wow. map the methodology, blame the methodology or the process or the external components, document them, understand them, and then you know put a game plan in place that if I'm ever in this situation again, I won't repeat this because I'll put this plan in play. This is so just just amazing music to my ears right now. I mean, I am in the midst of a situation where I'm battling through this quite a bit. I've, we were talking about busy quarters, right? You're you're getting busy and, and I'm busy and, you know, a lot of what we've been sowing, hey, it's starting to come to harvest, right? And that's all great stuff. Um, but in the midst of that, I have one project I'm working on that it, just calling it like it is, I am probably doing average at best, right? It's not exceptional, which is what I like to do. And so I've really been internalizing that, you know, I'm a failure, I'm horrible, I'm not good. Uh, <laughs> you know, it really yeah. it's my identity, right? And and it, I yeah, wake up at night, yeah, I wake up early in the morning, earlier than I want to. And so externalizing that, I've been trying to do this a little bit without even knowing really the process you're guiding me through now. So I'm going to be in great shape. But, <laughs> you know, one of the things has been just this light bulb moment of, hey, Yes, this is, isn't going as well as you want it to now. And, it, you know, we'll see what happens, right? The next thing I need to do is just try to get a little bit better, a checkpoint, right? Hit a goal. Yep. Um, but the other part of this, if when this comes up again, I'm simply not going to accept a project like this again in the future. And it's not because... So I love... <laughs> yeah, I love that piece, right? Because what, what we have to do is sharpen our own saw. So on the lessons learned. So at the checkpoint, you know, you... you um, certainly just take out a piece of paper, what went right, what went wrong, and what are the lessons learned. So when in the midst of doing some of that root cause analysis, mm -hmm. you know, why did this go wrong? Well, why did that happen? Well, why did that happen? And so as you're doing that deep dive into what happened, you, you write down the lessons. So many of us, we remember the emotion, we hold the emotion, but forget the lesson. And we've got to flip that script into learn the lesson, drop the emotion. Yeah. Man, I face planted. Man, I took a man. I failed on this, and this is really taking a hit. Well, one of the things that, that that's going to teach us is, um, you know, the, the universe is great at kind of teaching us these lessons. And I heard somebody say, you never fail. You just continue to repeat the lesson until you learn the lesson. Mm. Wow, that I love. So you're going to continue to take on clients and situations that aren't your exact sweet spot until you reach such a pain threshold that you learn the lesson to stay in your sweet spot, stay in that, that, that secret sauce zone yeah. so that you can be amazing. Yeah, that's so good because, uh, you know, again, ironically, I'm pretty sure I had the same conversation with myself uh, and uh, decision back middle of last year. <laughs> so obviously, I still needed to learn that lesson, right? Because I still, even though then I said, you know what, I'm not going to take on a project like this again. Ah, here I was, I did, and you know, probably thought, hey, I'll learn from what I did wrong. I'll get better this time. And you know, now what I'm realizing is, not only does this, hey, I'm 
I'm average, maybe above average at best, which means there's someone out there that's so much better at it than I am. And it would help the client to be with them, not with me. But it's also keeping me from my sweet spot, right? Uh, and which puts me in my best uh, value proposition as well as just enjoying life, right? Absolutely. It's a complete package. So at these times, again, just, just as we look at this and just encourage you, reevaluate. Why did I take on this particular piece? Why did I violate the promise that I had made to myself that I was going to stay in my sweet spot? How do I refocus, right? And that can be a refocusing of um, my initial phase and in, in client engagement. How do I recenter myself? How do I recharge? Because all of this can be very draining physically, emotionally. And now, not only that, now you're losing sleep because you're beating yourself up about the fact that, you know, dot, dot, dot. And so now, how much more so can we be asleep at the wheel? Mm. So we have to recenter, recharge, repurpose, re-engage, and, uh, and, and make it right. And that re-engage can come into re-engaging with self, and it can also come into re-engaging with your team. Because if we continue to put our teams in these situations where they have to essentially run to the next checkpoint without us, the team is going to start losing either um, personal or um, professional trust with us. Hmm. And, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, trust is the currency of leadership. And so I have to, number one, trust myself. That comes into reorienting ourselves. But then I might have to have that deep um, transactional and relational trust, professional organizational trust with my team so that they run at full speed. Because otherwise it will start putting fear and doubt and lack into their full steam ahead, if you will. Yeah. And that's something I, I can't afford to have a bad attitude or, or get my head in the wrong space because it's going to transfer to the team. Yeah, no. And I think that's actually, you know, Chris, we, we really dug deep here. Um, I think we actually kind of uh, cover that <laughs> pretty deeply in a, in a future episode because there's, there's so much just to even that process. So I think that's a great thing to look at here, but you know, hopefully if you're listening right now, uh, hopefully Chris and I aren't the only ones that have gone through this, right? Uh, hopefully this is something that you realize, yeah, I, I see what they're talking about and struggling through the emotions of, of this when you, uh, when you're face down in the, in the snow and you're asleep at the wheel. So remember this, remember the purpose of a checkpoint, remember kind of this recovery process and all the other reads that we talked about refocusing, reevaluating, recentering, recharging, reorienting, um, and it really comes down to, uh, Chris, is, is, to summarize something kind of you've been saying, the mature way of doing this is to move past the emotional discouragement and find a way of, of turning this into encouragement, right? And that comes from, hey, what did I learn from this? How do I get better from this? And how do I move on? And like you said, how do I externalize the failure and internalize the success, right? And I think that comes into setting up the right culture. And, and so the culture, if you surround yourself with this team and you surround yourself with the right people that are going to be those voices of encouragement to say this was a misstep. Everybody makes a misstep. I don't know that there's a person on the planet that hasn't at some point tripped. And so when you make a misstep, when you trip, all of us, the natural inclination is to bounce back up and then continue to be a little bit more careful about how we walk and where we walk so that we don't stub our toe again. 
it's just a toe stub. It's just a toe drag. It's just a trip. It's just a misstep. Yeah. So let's get out of the emotions of it and uh, let us, let me and Brett be that voice of encouragement to you today. You can get on the other side of this. You can make an amazing finish. Just to give you a little bit of hope, John Baker came into that particular checkpoint at Cripple. He was first with a six-hour lead. All of that failure, he ended up um, having to care for some dogs, and he left out of that checkpoint 19th. Wow. He went from first to 19th. However, from that checkpoint on, he got better and better and better and reengaged. And at the end of 2010, at that race, he finished top five. He finished five when he went from first to 19th. He went from 19th to fifth to finish top five, which was an amazing piece. Brett, I didn't tell you this point. You know where he finished 2011? Where? First place. Wow. There you go. Well, that is the process, right? And obviously, um, <laughs> he did everything we were just talking about, right? And so what a great story that is. What a great example. And who knows, Mr. Linwood Fiedler might be giving us another great example. So we're in the midst of that one. And I uh, hope that becomes a great story as well. But we are glad that you joined us on the episode today. And uh, if you're new to the podcast, I encourage you to go listen to some uh Past episodes, we talked a lot about the Iditarod Day and Iditarod Leadership. We've done a lot of episodes on the components from that book. If you're interested in that book or other things that uh, Chris trains and speaks on, make sure that you go to influenceleadership.com. You can learn all about that there, learn how to work with Chris at your organization, uh, and definitely reach out to us. There's contact info on there. Shoot us an email. If there's things you'd like to hear us talk about on the podcast, we'd love to hear about that. And obviously, we'd love for you to rate the podcast as well. It certainly means a lot to us and exposes it to other people like you who will value this information uh, as growing as leaders. And so, um, Chris, as we close this down, any final words for our listeners today? You know, I, I think the final word is um, is that we're going to stub our toe. We're going to miss it. And and when you back up and you do the analytics of uh, of the situation, just figure it out. And and it's it's you know almost all mistakes can be recovered from. So let's just get in and believe that you're going to be able to to recover from this piece. Let's look at it, put a little process in place, put a little understanding around it, and then get up, dust yourself off, and run, baby, run. we got three more quarters in the year. Now is not the time to face plant for permanent. If you face plant in the first quarter, dust it off, revamp so that you can redeploy your plan. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Influence Leadership Podcast. <laughs>